Chapter 31, Finn. Finally, Finn exploded as soon as he stepped out into the hall. It was 10 p.m. exactly. Finn had watched the numbers change on the digital clock in his room. Shh, Chess said, falling into step with him and looking around nervously. Then he crouched beside Finn. Listen, Finn, it's really late for you to still be up, and this is the second night in a row. Maybe you should just go back to bed and get some sleep. Emma and I can tell you everything we find out in the morning. Except you wouldn't tell me everything if you thought it was going to scare me, Finn said. He could feel his lower lip start to jut out like he was just a sulky little kid. He forced himself to keep his lip in, stand up straighter, and stare Chess right in the eye. I want to help too. I have to. Chess's face was shadowed. It was possible. It wasn't possible to see how he was going to answer. Finn comes with us, Emma said, stepping between her brothers. We don't leave him behind. And then she ruined everything by adding, even if he falls asleep in one of those chairs down in the office, he stays with us. I won't fall asleep, Finn told himself. I'll never sleep again if that's what it takes for me to help find mom. But he couldn't help himself. He let out a jaw-cracking yawn. He hoped it wasn't. It was too dark in the hall for Emma or Chess to notice. Three of them tiptoed along, with Natalie joining them right at the top of the stairs. She held two laptops under her arm. Extras, she whispered. So we'll all have something to work on. Natalie isn't saying I should just go to sleep. Finn thought, but he climbed up and he climbed down the stairs and walking alongside her. But when they got to the office, the other three kids went right to work, and Finn wasn't sure what he should do. He stood in front of one of Natalie's laptops. He wasn't tall enough to reach it if he sat down, and he stared at the Google drawing of the day, which seemed to be a bunch of men and women staring at a computer. It probably was something about computer history that Finn didn't know about, but he wasn't going to ask the others. Mom would just tell me, he thought. If mom were here, she would have known I didn't know, and I wouldn't have to ask, and Finn couldn't let himself think about how everything would be better if mom was there. He sneaked a peek at the computer Emma was working on. She had mom's letter full of gibberish up on the screen and she was muttering to herself, substitution code, is the key maybe part of the code? Would it be numerical since mom would know I'd, know I'd look for a number pattern? Hey, Emma, Ben said, why don't you email me mom's letter and I can work on it over here. Maybe I'll see some clue to help you. It took Emma a million years to turn her head toward Finn. Sometimes she got like that when she was thinking hard. Huh? She said slowly. Oh, uh, mom put some sort of coding on this letter so we can't email it anywhere or copy it or print it out. I already tried to email it to myself to have a backup copy and it wouldn't work. Maybe I could do some extra research to figure out how to unlock all that, but, but Emma thought it was more important to work on solving the code herself. And maybe she was right. Finn didn't know much about codes. Finn turned toward Natalie, who had called up a picture of the Greystones house on her computer. She tugged on Chess's arm. This is your address, right? She asked. You could have asked me, Finn wanted to shout at her. Instead, instead, he just said quickly before Chess could answer. It is, why? I'm looking around the area on Google Street View to figure out exactly where we ended up today, Natalie said. How does that help us find mom, Finn demanded. Well, if we find out who owns the empty house that's connected to yours by that tunnel, then maybe we'll know who might have a... Uh... Finn saw Chess put his hand over his mouth. mouth. Was Chess signaling to Natalie to be quiet so she didn't scare Finn? Finn had to prove he was brave enough to hear anything. You think our mom was kidnapped? Finn asked, trying so, so hard to keep his voice from wavering on the last word.
maybe by someone from that other house or by the criminal those boys were talking about. I don't know what to think, Natalie said, spreading her hands wide as if to show how much she didn't know. I can't find anything about some fugitive criminal being caught or about any kidnappings around here. I thought it might help to find the address of that house we were in, but there's no house on any street near yours that matches what it looked like. That doesn't make any sense, Finn protested. Do you know about Google Earth where it's like you're looking down from above? Just look for the fences that were around that house. Natalie ran her finger over the touchpad, making the view on the screen race up and down the Greystone Street. All the houses there look exactly like they should. Totally familiar. I don't know, Finn. Maybe the Google pictures of the other street were taken so long ago those fences weren't built yet, Natalie said. But those fences looked really old, Finn said, remembering the mismatched faded wood. Like even older than me. Yeah, Natalie said, absently switching to a broader view of the neighborhood. Finn glanced toward Chess, hoping his older brother no noticed how Finn had the whole conversation with Natalie without falling apart at the thought of mom being kidnapped. But when Chess still had... But Chess still had his hand over his mouth. Then Finn saw what Chess had written in the search box on his computer. Andrew Greystone obituary. Finn's stomach twisted. You're looking up something about our dad? Finn asked Chess. And this time he had no control of his voice. Why? What's an obit, uh, obituary? Na Natalie finished for him, snapping her head toward Chess's computer. You mean the nor news story from when he died? Let's see. But Chess had already X'd out of that screen. Never mind. It was just something I wondered about, Chess said. He seemed to be breathing hard. You mean they're looking for who all is listed as survivors? So maybe you can find relatives you haven't met yet who might have more information about your mom? Natalie asked. That's smart. Uh, something like that, Chess muttered. But it doesn't matter. I can't find anything. I guess maybe eight years was too long ago. Try looking up some other relative, Natalie suggested. Maybe one who died after your dad? All of our relatives died before Chess was even born, Finn said. His voice came out too loud this time, as if even though they were in a soundproof room, he was trying to wake Miss Morales. He really wouldn't mind if she did wake up and came down and took care of him. But the other kids would be mad. Natalie and Chess kept talking about dead people. Finn stared at his own blank computer screen and the picture of that unknown computer programmer seeming to taunt him about everything he didn't know. Everything he was useless at helping everything he was useless at helping the other kids find out. I might as well be asleep, he thought. Or no, I might as well be kidnapped myself, like those kids in Arizona who started this whole mess. He knew it wasn't fair to blame the kids in Arizona for their own kidnappings, and it wasn't like it was even connected to mom's business trip or her weird texts. But hearing the news of their kidnappings had been the start of everything weird. It had marked the first day of what Finn felt, uh, that Finn felt strange about anything. I bet those kids were rescued a long time ago, and we didn't even bother looking it up, he thought. If I found out that they were home safe back with their parents, well, that would be like proof we're going to find mom again, too, and everything's going to be okay. Painstakingly, because he hadn't really learned how to type yet, he keyed in Rochester, Emma, and Finn and added the words kidnapped in news. The first headline that came up said, Gastano parents beg for kidnapped children's safe return. Okay, that did not make Finn feel better. He reached for the laptop, ready to close out the whole screen he and pretend he'd never seen it. But maybe he was too tired to operate a computer properly. His fingers dragged across the touchpad, bringing to life a video that took over his whole screen. 
Instinctively, he slammed the lid of the laptop down, shutting off his view, but that didn't shut down the sound. Please, we just want our children back, a woman's voice cried out, then froze. On the other side of him, Emma and Chess snapped their heads toward Finn's computer. Is that mom? Emma said. How do you have a recording of mom's voice? Chess asked. Emma reached past Finn and lifted the laptop lid again. And there on the screen was mom's face. Chapter 32, Emma. Does mom have an identical twin that she never told us about? Emma asked. She was so glad her brain supplied that explanation because otherwise she would have been, had to believe she was hallucinating. The woman in the video on the computer screen looked and sounded so much like mom. It was hard to believe that it wasn't mom, a version of mom anyway, who had gotten her hair cut a lot shorter. So it curled around her ears like a pixie cap who, and who'd been out in the sun a lot more. So her skin was tanner, maybe even a little leathery, a version of mom maybe who lived in Arizona. You say that woman looks like her mom? She's even identical even? Natalie asked. She squinted at the computer screen in front of Finn, but her eyes scanning the words at the bottom of the news report. But she's the mother of some kids who were kidnapped out in Arizona. Kids who have the same names and birthdays as us, Finn informed her. He turned to face Emma. If you think this is mom's twin, does that mean we have cousins with the exact same names as us? Can that happen? And mom never told us, told us any of this, Chess asked. His voice came out sounding wild, like even calm, easygoing Chess was on the verge of panic. That day when we saw the news about the kids being kidnapped, wouldn't she have said we were related, that she knew them? There's a lot mom never told us, Emma said. And this was another fact, but it wasn't a comforting one. I don't understand anything, Finn complained. The corners of his mouth trembled and his eyes filled. Quickly, Emma slid her arm around Finn's shoulders. We'll figure this out, Finny, she said. We'll figure this out and we'll rescue mom and those other kids will be found. And Chess wrapped his long arms around both Finn and Emma, but he didn't say anything else. Natalie took a step toward the three Greystones, then looked at all their faces and took a step back. Mothers, she said. Our mother had a logical reason for whatever she did, whatever secret she kept, Emma said. I'm sure of it. And she left us a letter to explain in a code you can't figure out, Natalie said scornfully. Emma couldn't look at Finn to see if his eyes were still swimming with tears or if the tears had started rolling down his cheeks. Because if she looked, it might make her eyes flood with tears too. Really, there wasn't anything Emma could look at right now. She squeezed her eyes shut. Maybe, maybe you and your family are like, I don't know, royalty from some other country, Natalie said. Her voice was soft now, like someone telling a fairy tale. And your mom and her twin sister went into hiding to keep you in safe, to keep you safe in totally different states. But they gave you and your cousins royal names to keep the connection alive. That's why they're the same. And maybe Natalie meant her little fantasy story to be comforting. Maybe she thought Emma had gone through one of those little girl phases where she wanted to be a princess like all the other girls when Emma was in kindergarten. Maybe, Natalie thought, Chess and Finn had secretly seen themselves as knights and noblemen. First of all, Emma wanted to say, I dressed up as a scientist in a lab coat for Halloween in kindergarten when all the other girls were wearing tent princess crowns. And secondly, do you think there's any ending to that story that doesn't put mom and Finn and Chess and me in danger too? Emma couldn't say that in front of Finn. Maybe she wasn't capable of saying it aloud regardless. What does the kidnapped kid's dad look like? Chess asked. Did you find any pictures or videos of him? 
Curiosity was enough to make Emma open her eyes again. Chess thought about the dad, their dad a lot more than she did. Emma knew that. For her, their dad was an unknown in a math problem that you didn't have to solve for. She didn't know much about algebra yet, but it seemed that sometimes there were X's and Y's both in a problem, and you only needed to find the value for one of them. She didn't have a single memory of dad from when he was alive, and he was gone now, and nothing would bring him back. And Emma had mom and Chess and Finn, and that was all she needed, except she didn't have mom anymore. And apparently the kids in Arizona's dad, the Arizona kid's dad was still alive since she'd seen the word parent at the bottom of the computer screen. Chess began fast forwarding through the video of the mom twin, the mom clone, the mom double, the mom who wasn't mom. Emma hadn't really wanted to listen anymore about what sound, any more of what sounded so much like mom's voice, weighted down so heavily with worry and fear. But the sped up video made the resemblance seem even clearer, clearer. That was exactly how mom tilted her head when she was upset. That was exactly the way mom's face developed twin worry lines on her forehead and the worry lines erased when she was trying to sound more optimistic and cheerful than she actually felt. Maybe Emma hadn't fully understood before that there were times when mom was only pretending to look and act and sound optimistic and cheerful. The camera angle shifted in the video, zooming out then zooming in again on a dark haired man standing next to the mom who wasn't mom. The tagline below said Arthur Gastano, father. He's not as tall as daddy was, Chess murmured. Not. And Emma wondered if he knew that he'd said daddy, not dad. You were a lot smaller eight years ago, Natalie said almost apologetically. So it's not really. That man is only a little taller than his wife, Chess said. And our dad was a lot taller than mom. I know that from pictures I've looked at recently. Yes, but you don't actually know that that woman is the same height as your mom, Natalie said. I mean, okay, sure. You say she looks and sounds like your mom, but even if they're twins or just sisters, then shut up, Finn said. And this was crazy. Finn never told people to shut up. He never sounded that fierce or hurt and angry. He turned his head side to side, peering back and forth between Emma and Chess like they were the only other ones in this room. Is that what our daddy looked like or not? Finn said, his, his voice trembling. Chess, Emma said, even though she'd seen plenty of pictures of their father before and should have been able to answer. No, Chess said decisively. I mean, brown hair, brown eyes, yeah, that's the same or similar, but this guy's nose is bigger and his face is blockier and his hair straighter. And listen, his voice isn't anywhere near deep enough. Chess even remembers what our dad sounded like, Emma thought, and she said she felt a stab of something that might have been jealousy. The man on the screen inclined his head toward his wife. Nobody who hasn't gone through this could imagine what a nightmare it is, he said. How could anybody be so cruel? Our children are innocent. They, some heartless news reporter in the crowd in front of the man called out. But is there any reason you could think of that someone would be trying to get revenge on you and your wife? Any reason that there's no reason for any of this, Mr. Castano snarled. Are you asking if my wife and I have ever done anything that would lead to our kids being taken? No, we are ordinary, law-abiding American citizens. We are blameless. Our kids are blameless, but nobody could deserve this horror. My kids should be in school right now, drawing pictures in art class and playing tag on the playground and, and not, he looked at, straight at the camera. Please, if you can hear this, if you have any humanity in your hearts at all, don't harm my children. Just let them go. Let them come home. He buried his face in his wife's shoulder. She stared out at the reporters, then felt, then it, 
felt like she was staring out at Emma, Chesfin, Natalie, and anyone else who might be watching. And her steady gaze was so much like mom's that Emma got chills. That is all we have to say, the mom twin snapped, then gently guided her husband out of the camera's range. Emma shoved the laptop sideways toward Natalie. Natalie, you have to find out everything you can about those kidnapped kids and their parents, she said. Then Chess and me, we can't watch anymore. It's too hard. And we all three need, we need all three of our brains to, for figuring out mom's code. Even mine, Finn asked. He sniffled. You really think I can help, help solve this? Emma asked. Finn, I know we can do this together because we have to. There isn't any other choice.